0: Today on AstroZero
1: Twitter Spaces, we have a really fantastic Polygon artist. Uh, He's going to be talking about his collection of NFT Army of Robots. Really, uh, really looking forward to this one for the past few days. It's Bots of Cog. So welcome to the show, man. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day and coming and talking to our community. Thank you.
2: For sure. Thanks for having me. I I appreciate it very much and really like the show you do. So I listened into a lot of other AMAs and figured I, I should get myself on here. So
1: yeah Well, that was uh awesome of you to accept it um <laughs> i appreciate it I, I really dig your project because I, I i love robots uh can you give us a little bit of, of an overview of your project and
2: yeah
1: decide that you were going to create robots as opposed to a lot of people that create like animal um nft projects
2: uh well yeah so a bit about me my name's joel uh so i created bots of cog um and just to kind of give like an idea of the project that I'm doing right now, um, essentially it's a story-based PFP kind of project, um, but this story is actually going to unfold into what I call um, an unfolding narrative. Um, but it's actually a, I call it I call it that, but it's actually an alternate reality game uh so essentially what that is is it's going to be a story that jumps through different platforms various different uh things either in real life or online or uh, metaverses things like that Um, different platforms on each one Um, essentially like a scavenger hunt so uh, the whole story doesn't just get written out to you in one piece um some of them like my gamer friends the way i explained it was like you know those games that like kind of you walk around in an environment and you just keep picking up notes and they kind of give up pieces and story bits and and lore and they're all written in different ways or something like that and then eventually by the end of the game you've got like this whole entire story that you've combined in your head um that's essentially what i want to do with my project um i started it uh the first generation of robots um is one or two thousand robots um and i have about 150 Uh, what i call uh, activated which is just minted ones um i mint them on my web page um and then i list a few on OpenSea as well um but essentially yeah people that hold a robot uh get to become part of the story uh they get to you know participate um their actions when they participate actually kind of helps me design further the project so um i am able to scale it to a point where it could be a globally interactive project um and uh, obviously i'd need more help with that but uh, it is something that i could uh plan for um i was just hoping to kind of get the story out in the first year or so and then just kind of build it from there and see what happens um and so far people have been really digging the bots um and to go back to the other question uh the inspiration for the bots um i actually uh, my background is of uh fine arts background um i'm not like a super fine arts artist but like i love the comics i love you know uh drawing animation things like that uh, i did a lot of clay animation as a kid and like when i finally went to college um they were like you need to do a body of work and write a whole bunch of reasons and you know uh, explain out your ass why you're doing what you're doing um <laughs> and so i learned to bullshit for a little while and then i was like i'm tired of this i want to do something that i want to do so after like Doing all these, you know, like hardcore projects that I thought were super meaningful at the time, which you know you look at them now and you can almost cringe. Uh, but like the, I just started doing robots. I was like, you know, I liked the 1950s. I liked, you know, a lot of cartoons growing up. I liked all the 80s movies. Like the, the nostalgia was there for me, and I just decided, like, oh, why don't I just start building on that? Create a world that I'm interested in because I, as I wrote papers in college, I found that. You know the those years that i'm a fond of though the the view of the past and the present and the future were all very positive like the future vision vision in the 50s and 60s like new world's fair like kind of stuff like robots are going to be your butler we're all going to have flying cars and jetpacks and we're all going to be happy go lucky people um but then all of a sudden this like turn happens and then all of a sudden now it's like well Pretty much everything is just the end of the world uh terminator kind of thing uh we're all screwed we're all fucked and we're all gonna die so it's like why did where did this like shift happen and that always interested me so i was like why don't i take this like classic you know cute lovable kind of robot that has this positive future vibe but then tongue-in-cheek twist it into this like narrative of post-apocalyptic like uh you know, like, uh, I'm, yeah, like I say, tongue in cheek kind of uh, narrative on that, like reflect back what, what the world thinks of the future is going to be like. Um, and so that I, I kind of just from there all stemmed together to create a world that for the last 10 years since I graduated college, I've uh, been building this world and making crazy notes and just becoming kind of an insane person. Uh, and a lot of the people around me like don't really ask me about it because I just go nuts about it and go off on tangents. So I was like, well, you know what? I, I should put this project into something that's meaningful to me. Um, and like I've done a lot of the other art projects with this, but NFTs just kind of started to scream at me like, this is the platform you need to do this on. This is how you will be able to get it to a wider audience and you know get feedback. So I, I figured, why not do it in a organic way that allows me to grow? So here I am. <laughs> long answer, but uh, yeah, hopefully that gives you what you need. Long answer
1: is good. It means I have less. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I'm okay with long answers.
1: Um, mm. What made you pick Polygon over other blockchains?
2: <clears throat> uh, well, other than like, I mean, the obvious was um, the cost of gas fees for me. Um, the The one major point for me was I wanted an army of robots. So for me to launch like you know, I was going to do a 10,000 strong collection right off the bat. People were like, no, like maybe slow down and see where this goes first. And I was like, well, I still want to do a large collection. So that's why I ended up choosing 2000 for a first little generation. But um, I guess like, yeah, I was looking at that. And I was like, for that many robots and to launch a contract, <clears throat> like I was going into it with like, you know, 20 bucks in my pocket. So <laughs> it's like, I was like, I don't think I can, afford a, launching a contract at a, at the time it was around 150 bucks or so to to do that even on the slowest gas times and i was like no that doesn't work for me and then i looked at you know uh solana and i was like this is pretty interesting but the type of people that are, were buying and selling that i had you know come across i guess topically i wouldn't didn't really dive in super deep into the their polygon or the, not their polygon but their chain sorry but uh, I found that the work just kind of didn't jive with me Um, and then I went into these polygon spaces and I was like okay well this is pretty cool a lot of the people that are doing work are kind of doing similar like not exact same projects but there's a lot of creativity I found Um, and then I did my research based on just you know the technical side I was like okay well why why are people choosing these ones over this one and just the, the technical side of how Polygon was working and how they planned to kind of support everybody um, was what drew me in. And then after that, I was like, well, you know, they, they seem to support most like universally. They seem to be the most open I, in my opinion. So uh, that's that's why I ended up going to Polygon. And I, I haven't regretted it since.
1: So this is your first project that you've worked on as far as NFTs go. Have <clears> you, <have throat> you started,
2: or is this this? Just- um, Back in, like, well, this is my first, like, yeah, pr- project project. Like, when I first heard about NFTs, like, early 20, or mid-2018, by 2019, I actually kind of minted a few uh, pieces of work, and, like, they were all pixel art and, like, small things. I started to work on a project that was called the Arcade Underground, um, just because I'm also a uh, arcade tech and uh, repairman, and I sell, buy, and trade them, um, kind of as a hobby as well. So, uh yeah, I run on arcade. So uh, with that, I, I started t- to take my knowledge of how many games I knew about and was making them into 3D models and uh, making them into little packages of like G.I. Joe packages and then was going to make a whole bunch of different ones with the different artwork on the on the uh, card or cardboard backing of the uh, the packaging. Um, and then I found out that it was like, you know, that's a lot of time to consume into it. Um, and I I didn't really have any kind of drive for it. So I ended up making like maybe two or three, gave up on it and just kind of put things on the shelf. Um, and then, you know, like I said, I, I finally came back to the robots and was like, you know, this this works better. So I call this my first project for sure. Um, but I have dabbled in the trying to do single one of one sales. <laughs> so
1: as, like, a new artist, when you first get into NFTs and you, you get a collection up and running, you feel like um, Ethereum is almost shoved down your throat as a new artist, and it, it, there's, it doesn't really feel like there's other options um, as
2: somebody new in it. I feel like that's just uh, uh, growing pains of just being the whole thing, being new, not even myself. Um, just because, like you know, uh, you can, there's, there's a gap with someone, I think it was Dave that was mentioning it or uh, Jay or one of them uh, in the other rooms that, uh, that it bugs them that you can, you know, you can mint in Matic um, and then you go to OpenSea and you have to buy an ETH or wrapped ETH and and there's no option to like buy in Matic. And it's like, that's up to OpenSea really. And that's up to all the other open marketplaces to kind of have that ability to, interact with each other. And and I don't know why it's not already there, because that's kind of the thing of Web3 is like, the number one thing is that it's like, able to transfer across everything. So um, it, without that, that's, the you know, that's kind of important. But uh, I found that's a small barrier. But the people that are interested in in this market in this community, they they seem to be willing to pass that barrier. Um, and then are okay, once they get for, past that, But uh, it is definitely um, something that when I've tried to onboard people, like even my friends that are not well versed in crypto, they're like, Oh, I'd love a robot. I'd love a robot. I'm like, okay, well, like, I'll just give you one. And they're like, no, no, no. I want to experience buying my first NFT. And I'm like, really? Okay. Well, I'll help you with that. And then the the amount of hoops that they have to get through before they end up having Matic to mint one and stuff is just kind of silly in my opinion, in comparison to a lot of other choices. So, I find that is a struggle, but uh, I'm just hoping that the entire community together just kind of learns that we, we need that and it'll it'll come with time.
1: Yeah, just like um, I feel like these kind of get shoved down newer artists throats without them really realizing the options and not even for Polygon for like Avalanche, Solana, yes. Silico, whatever you decide to, to do your printing on. I really think a lot of people when they are getting into it, if they don't really do their own research right off the bat, immediately I have to go here. And then they see the cost of entry to do a project. And then I think it discourages some people, and that sucks. I think a lot, of, so. a lot of people get discouraged with this stuff when they don't really do a lot of research on it. I think it's important that we get education into this.
2: So yes. Know about it. Uh,
1: right Let me just bring up Sleepy. go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: And, no, I was just going to say it's always good to offer options and have choices um, for for everybody to kind of benefit. Um, I always say that that uh, you know, the the tide raises all boats.
0: It does. Uh, Sleepy, you have a question. I just wanted to give you some energy and boost, and I just want to give a shout out to this man who's been getting <laughs> right now. He's such a talented artist and i'm so honored to be working with him and also my friend deadbolt nation is also here they're they're just like um you know i guess they have some connections these spots are everywhere <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna take over the nft spaces i guess and yeah Cog made an amazing collection inspired by sleepy pirates and uh, it's a big honor for me and i was talking with him uh yesterday night, and when I woke up, he made 100, 111 pieces and minted them. So he's so fast and every piece is unique, so I couldn't even believe it and I'm still not believing it. So thank you. You're totally welcome. Uh,
2: I'm, uh, just to reiterate what you was saying, is that, um, I ended up partnering up with a couple of people i'm working with dead on a on a couple of things um and sleepy pirates was just the most recent uh we launched together a couple projects where i had uh, done my bots in the style of his sleepy pirates um and i minted a bunch of those so you can check those out if you wanted um if you want i can pin that up in the top i believe um, but yeah uh we'll get back to you right. there if you want.
1: let's start diving into your project um, all right All right. So what made you decide to do a generative project as opposed to um, I I know you said you you released like one of ones back in 2018. But what made you decide that you were going to do a generative project versus uh, something that would be maybe a one of one or like a smaller collection? Uh, So why Um, a generative project is what I'm getting at. (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh yeah i i was looking at doing maybe a smaller hand uh picked collection where i would do you know the assets and then kind of put them together and make my uh the ones i envision is like a complete set of each robot um but then i thought like you know the, the story itself is like a lot of the robots are picking and pulling bits and pieces off each other to survive and like going to like scrap yards and things and you know cannibalizing dead robots um so i was like this is perfect like ai creating robots is just robots creating robots i just i don't know it's perfect so it it just made sense you know like and at that point i was like well okay how many should i do and i was like well i want to do an army but yeah so i just kind of kept it low as i could (laughs) when did when did your collection launch um it launched uh technically in the end of december 30th first or so yeah but uh, i did a new year's eve launch uh for public or private minting and then after a couple days after new year's day i went into uh our public and after the whitelist and uh had a couple sales after that um and it, really it's only in uh, the last couple of weeks, that uh, I've started to realize some more sales, which isn't crazy, and, and uh, is super supportive of everyone. So that's that's awesome. Blockbox, did you have something? I thought sure you had your hand up.
3: Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, you actually asked it. Uh, I was going to ask him like, um, <clears throat> if like the two thousand were going to be handmade or generative. So you literally just asked him the question. Well, okay.
2: Yeah. Uh so I had I hand drew 175 or 100 close to 180 uh different uh, assets uh, and then I have them uh so that they're set up when you mint a robot it'll generate a new one. Um so I don't know what they look like um until like until you mint them and then it shows up. Um but I did mint like a handful of to myself just for like promotional things and stuff like that. And the first few that I knew were coming out were, like, important ones to the story. So I have not sold those ones. Um, but, the, yeah, they're, they're already technically up in the factory sitting there waiting to be activated. Um, so right now, like I said, I think we have, like, quite a few left, like 1,200 or 1,300 still sitting there. Um, but they are um, already created, technically.
1: Did you write the smart contract for it, or did you have somebody help you out?
2: I had someone help me out, and then I also uh, launched it on a uh, service called Nifty Kit. I thought.
1: So I had noticed, too, on, um, on Nifty Kit that you doxed yourself. Now, I I don't know how certain people feel different ways about this. Do you, do you feel that it was important to bring credibility to your project to dox yourself, or is it just something yes. where you do? OK, I, I, I'll never dox myself, guys. <laughs>
2: Um, uh, I find it depends on the project, 100% depends.
1: Okay, yeah, so I was, I was curious about that, because you say it right in the first sentence on Nifty Kit, you say, you know, I'm Joel. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right, I was just curious how you felt about that. Yeah. Now, the, the way that you're releasing your your 10K project, you're releasing it in separate generations. So I kind of want to get into detail with that. Your first generation, how many total are you going to release, and how are future generations? Are you going to break it into five generations, or is it going to be a a larger release on your second gen and your third gen? What's the thought process behind that, and how are you going to set it all up?
2: Uh, So the first generation is 2,000 robots, and yeah, originally I was planning on doing it in chunks of up to... um, but uh, as I've thought about it longer, I feel like it's going to depend on the first release of the uh, first chunk of the story that releases um, and depending on how people um, consume that and, and interact with it and uh, how how I can kind of interpret that I, I'm kind of trying to I'm trying not to be vague about this. But like, yeah, so based on how I can kind of grow the story um, will depend on what I release for the second generation. Um, but I do plan on changing up some of the assets uh, within by the halfway point of the generation. So I'd say at least the first 5,000 will be quite similar, and then the last 5,000 will probably be uh, mixed up a little differently. So
1: were you pretty much like a one-man army? Are you doing all of the art, you're doing all of the marketing and promotion, and you're doing the whole storyline yourself, or do you have... (laughs) Uh, a team behind you that's kind of helping you behind the scenes
2: uh no, it's just me i'm the the one man wearing many hats.
1: That's cool well, you don't have to put money with anybody. I like how that works
2: <laughs> it's uh it, i I do hope to expand um my plan would be to bring on um at least two uh other people uh within the coming years um if if things were to keep progressing as they are um just because i am totally terrible at discord uh for one like i i feel like i'm like a 65 year old man being shown by his grandchildren how to use discord and i'm like i can use every other program in existence and learn pretty fast but like something about it like i just like i my brain stops so i definitely have needed help with that and uh will continue to <laughs> Discord is my absolute biggest weakness when it comes mm-hmm. to be related, so
1: I, I definitely feel you there. I, I've i never really been able to get the feel for Discord myself, but practice is perfect, and I keep pushing myself to try to learn a little bit better as I'm, I'm going along. Not that there's much to learn, I just don't like how everything's kind of laid out.
2: And, you know, just... I think that's what it is. I, I, don't, I don't like that sidebar. It feels so cluttered when you end up getting into so many different rooms and discords, and it's just I I don't know. I I feel like I have been not, not been taught how to work with it properly. <laughs> Do you have utility built into the project yet? Um so essentially um I want to have it so that the holders of the bots uh will get access to um the certain areas of the Discord that I have, actually speaking of. Um so that I guess that's kind of a utility and then with that you you'll get to learn um a little more of of like my pfps character um the bots of cogs world uh, and things like that and um, and also um i take into account like the largest holders um and some of those people will be able to kind of have more <laughs> influence over uh technically what happens
1: your your goal down the line is to launch a game related to this right uh
2: essentially it would be Um, to to launch like a gamified version of social networking kind of uh, platforms so like i want to be able to use these spaces i want to be able to use discord um, all the way up to like even creating a geocache in real life where maybe somebody has to go and find this clue um, and then post it to you know discord in order to to unlock the next uh, step Um, so essentially it, it would be like a game but not like the way that you would imagine saying, you know, game video game or board game or something like that.
1: All right. So, Cause I was curious how the, how the game is really going to be laid out and, and uh, you know, how it's something. Like
2: uh, it. Yeah. Um, so like first, for an example, like for the first bit of the story, like one of the first things that will happen is uh, holders are going to be able to have an AMA uh, with gyro, which is the PFP robot. Um, that I have in, in, in on my profile. Um, he's the main character. Um, he's the leader of the resistance um, and essentially he's transferred his AI consciousness into my system on my computer and so he is a character that you can physically talk to um, and he will be giving out bits of his story and you can ask him questions um, and then after that it'll kind of lead into um notes and and communications from him um and then as well as uh like bios on different characters that uh people may have in their wallets.
1: Do you have any plans down the road to make something maybe like comic book related to go along with the storyline or something like a graphic novel so Um
2: one of the ultimate goals I'd say um with after I'd say about a year or two. Um I have only planned maybe two or three years of this, but um Halfway through, I'd say I'd like to start releasing a mini series, a mini animated series that is uh, um, animated um, in the style of, of my guys. Um, and it would be like short clips um, that you'd either upload onto YouTube or if there was, you know, maybe somebody that I get uh, in contact with eventually that uh, can promote it in a different platform or, or get it to, to more viewers, um, that, that will probably be the way that I would do it. Um, and then ultimately, yeah, just uh, create a series out of that, uh, well, resulting in a cartoon, I guess.
1: So what social media platform has been the um, biggest marketable platform for you to work on? Has it been Twitter?
2: Twitter oh, today? for sure, Twitter. Um, I tried to check out like a few other spaces. Um, Sk- Skirpy has kind of grown in there a little bit. Um, it's interesting to see them. Um, and I did join instagram there isn't a lot of like the same kind of growth there that i feel um and i do enjoy the spaces here a lot on twitter um and if there is discord spaces like i said i'm so bad at finding them and in interacting that like i i probably miss out on a lot of that um so i should probably up my game a little bit and find some more more uh areas in that um i know the polygon um community has uh the Polygon Alliance and stuff and I, I'm in their Discord I donated to their giant giveaway um and stuff like that but like I got kind of lost and confused so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but
1: yeah. Skirpy's a really cool idea. I really mm-hmm. like it. the guy who's leading it. Um talk to him every once in a while and I mean what what a fantastic idea that, that he has going
2: yeah. on oh, yeah. right at the right time I feel too.
1: Oh absolutely so uh do you have any any type of idea when you're going to drop generation 2 or is that still kind of like a
2: ways out Ah uh, that all depends I once I uh minted out uh the 2000 um either if I mint them myself um and they show up on opensea or if other people mint them basically once I hit that 2k mark um then I'm going to can start to uh release information on on generation 2
0: Yeah go ahead sleepy yeah, um, I gotta go, so I, I want to say goodbye before going. Uh, I don't know if you guys can hear me, but yeah, I see a hand, so thank you. Uh, make sure to follow this man, Basil Cog, and thanks for having him as an AMA session alone. Thank you, goodbye, friends. Bye bye. So... Um, when I was going through your roadmap on your
1: discord um, it's pretty detailed it it, it goes for I think two years Um, now it says that eventually you're gonna do physical merchandise what what type of physical merchandise are you you gonna uh, are you thinking about doing and is it gonna be um, strictly related to the specific NFT that the person would purchase like can you get if I have bots of cog number 942, would I be able to transfer that onto the specific piece of merchandise that I get, or would it just be generalized like bots
2: of cog shirts and stuff like that? Um, it's going to be a mix of both, um, depending on um, what I can source for uh, the merch. But r- the first initial launch of the merch will actually be stuff that I've made myself, much uh, like my like art pieces uh, one-on-ones like that uh so it'll be you know like uh read an actual hand done canvas of your robot that you carry or one of your favorite guys that's in your wallet um or um i have can- plastic cast robots that are about six inches tall um and they're all identical but i would essentially um hand paint them or uh kind of stylize the packaging for you um And then after that, it would be, you know, yeah, logos uh, on mugs uh, on certain kind of types of clothing. Um, And for some reason, I don't know why I really want to do this, but I want to do underwear and socks. That is like the two things that I'm like, I'm going to do that. And like both both, girls and guys. And I don't know why, but I just I think that would be hilarious to just have like, you know, a robot's face right on your package. Perfect.
1: Yeah, you could do uh, like banana, <laughs> like be those. I, I think you you guys in uh, the UK call them budgie smugglers. <laughs> yeah, you could have some budgie smugglers. That would be great.
0: Um, oh, that's a great term.
1: Blockbot, blockbots. Do you have a question?
3: Blockbots, your hand up. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, my phone was locked and all this. Um, yeah. Um. I want to go back to the gaming uh, side of things. So you said you were planning on making a game. Now I understand you might not be far ahead, but is it going to be like a player to uh, play to earn type of situation or, you know, can I just get some sort of idea?
2: Um, essentially. So it's not going to be like the type of digital game that you would imagine, like where you pick up an Xbox controller or a keyboard and just play. Um, essentially it would be like um like how would i like this at the very base level let's say it's closest to like a neopets type of game and you can take your guy and he'll give you information to go to a website which then when you go to that website um all it is is a barcode and you scan that barcode um, it does nothing but then when you Put it through barcode to text uh, a translator it gives you a new message which then launches you into a series of instagram posts uh, which all have stories of one character that leads you back to my discord um, something like that would be essentially what i call a game um, but it's just gamified essentially so um if you don't participate you know it's whatever you you've got bits and pieces of story that's cool you you can go as far as you're interested um but if you want to consume more you know you can participate you can ask these questions you can get led to those different spots um you can ask for help from community members uh everyone can kind of start to work together um if if that happens that's that's the ultimate goal um and i'm trying to guide it in a way that it does that um but you know it's it's always um the market's so organic that, you know, you kind of have to see where it goes. Um, so I do have, have a general outline and an idea, um, as well as, like, quite a few points of where it can pivot. But uh, it's, it's kind of up in the air.
1: <laughs> that reminds me of how they had that Cicada 3301.
2: Yes. Um, I was going to say, if anyone knows the Halo uh, marketing campaign of Cicada, yeah, it, it's exactly very similar that's what they call an alternate reality game um usually they do it for a marketing ploy to just promote um ultimately a project but i I figured you know why not do it the other way have the project promote the game um just for the fun of it for the support of the the project itself
1: so are you a big sci-fi guy or not so much huge you know when (laughs) when i was telling you before what your what your block bots remind me of no one's going to know this movie. I don't even know why I'm bringing this up because no one's going to know this shit. There was a movie back when I was like 10 or 11 and it was called French toast and French toast was, they looked kind of like your little robot and they were security guards in the mall. And then a lightning storm happened and they all fried their circuits and they started killing everybody in the mall. And if you want to watch a really cheesy B movie, French toast is, it's up there. I don't know when it was made. That'd be like the late eighties or early nineties. But as soon as I saw your robots, I was like, "This is French toast, 100% French toast." Have you seen this?
2: I'm I have not. I'm I'm like trying to Google it right now. I'm like, i am getting this regular Netflix movie French toast of what? Like you said, 80s movie? Yeah, to be in the 80s, or 80s
1: or early 90s, and they were security <clears> guard <throat> robots in the mall, and then a lightning storm made them go haywire, and they started killing everybody. <laughs> it was the stupidest fucking movie ever, but I, I loved it. I was going to say,
2: uh, that makes me think of Chopping Mall, which was a pretty insane movie. <laughs> Horror sci fi kids no, in I- a movie, just the shopping theater, get or a shopping mall getting chopped up by robots.
1: Dude, I don't know why I called it French Post. It is Chopping Mall. Fucking dang- thanks. I, I was it gonna French say, All right, all right wow i'm ridiculous today <laughs>
2: <laughs> well we figured it out yes i've seen chopping mall it was amazing it's great
1: how can i mix up french toast and chopping mall what the hell Cheesy is
2: this? Is a... <laughs> all right just now, watch. That now,
3: now
2: that
1: now that i've embarrassed myself let me get back <laughs> to talking about your project <laughs> so no. i saw that you're thinking about doing like um uh some type of breeding uh I, I saw where if you, you own two robots, you could maybe feed them into a third generation and have uh, maybe attributes carry over or different types of physical traits carry over into a, a baby robot.
2: Yeah, that's something ultimately I'd love to get going on on my webpage is essentially uh, uh, to have it where, yeah, holders can log in, um, put their robots up and essentially uh, rebuild them with their parts. Um, to create a new one um, so you would be destroying your first two to create a uh, another one but uh, that is uh, one of the larger goals just because i know that's going to take a little bit more contract work
1: so who are you doing your collaborations with
2: uh so currently um i'm doing a couple different i've done quite a few now i'm starting to feel almost lose track um but i what it started out where i was doing <laughs> almost like unapproved collaborations i would just find people that i really liked and that were like very active in the community and i was like these guys are are awesome or guys gals or whoever Um, it's very awesome and they're definitely growing the space Um, so i would end up uh buying one of their nfts um and then the one that i would buy i would redo in my style or with a robot kind of twist um, and then send it back to them Um, and then they can do what they want with it um, if they wanted to sell it or mint it as multiples or whatever, um, they could. Um, so that ended up being like uh, usually a giveaway. Um, and I ended up working with uh, Dave as well. We were talking about bringing uh, the bots into the Goonverse a little bit, um, but uh, not too sure um, how far we're going to go or if I should be really talking about it. But <laughs> yeah, and then um, I started working with Deadbots um, and Spacewoman and uh, Bots. Um, we did a giveaway where we're all four of us put, uh, an NFT in, uh, so you can win four different robot styles, um, with a giveaway. Um, and that's just something we wanted to start just because we're doing what we call the bot fam, uh, where it's just, I just essentially would support everybody. And I'm surprised, uh, I, I haven't seen block bots before. So I added him as a friend. He's definitely part of the bot fam now. Um, um, just essentially what I want to do is like gather all of the robot or, cyborg or android or you know that kind of theme of all of those type of projects and just like Mm -hmm. put them in one big list or one big group and have it so that there's more of a robot takeover within the nft space and you know we we can uh, maybe give some monkeys a run for their money but uh all as a community, <laughs> um, which I think think would be kind of neat, but that's just, you know, that's something that I just kind of do as my own thing. Um, and then Sleepy Pirates and I worked together, like he was saying. Um, I just released a bunch of uh, cross types of bots for him. And yeah, did 111 of them. Uh, they're called the Sleepy Pirate Bots. Um, I think I posted about them earlier today uh, as well. Um, so there's, there's 111 of those, and I was going to give some of those away Uh, over different spaces. So I guess anyone here today, if they want, uh, send me their uh, ETH wallets and I'll I'll give them a free uh, Sleepy Pirate bot. Um, And then uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm just kind of working away with uh, a few other people. I know um, Trip Trip was going to uh, try some uh, work where he does his AI learning, uh, art, generative art with one of my pieces as a seed uh piece um and a few other um ai artists like uh emily i think she wanted to do that as well um so i'm always open to do collaborations um but the i i I do enjoy like the just basic um you know share each other's work and just kind of work in each other's style or or whatever but uh i i want to do something more unique you know like i'm down with the uh the interactivity and the the way that like contracts can can interact with one another and it's like I just want to kind of dive into that a little more maybe but I think that's going to come over time as well um and yeah just uh in terms of yeah other collaborations uh I think there was yeah there was a couple other ones um I'm looking through <laughs> with different things like i was going to do a like a taco tribes one uh as well so that might be in the works um yeah <laughs> i think that's about it So uh, we're Sorry. talking
1: to, no it's okay we're talking to joel he's the creator of bots of tog a great nft robot collection um so if you guys could follow him on twitter join his discord let's fill his discord up a little bit and uh you know Start a nice little friendly atmosphere here. So um, have you considered or are you currently working on making a website for your collection?
2: Yes. Uh, so I I do have like a, a collection that you can mint from, um, which is the, the Nifty Kit app uh, website. Um, so that allows you to mint a bot for 5matic um, on Polygon if you have a MetaMask wallet. Um, but uh, otherwise my basic landing page right now is just kind of a uh, redirect to my twitter um which is my name Um but like i said i would like to rehaul overhaul my my uh, website so that it has uh, web3 authentication for holders um, and then you can get some news and then eventually i'll update that to have uh, some mini games on them uh, and just a little other kind of what i call shitty projects that i'm just like throwing together and just kind of want to share with the community but don't really uh want to you know profit off of um and uh just support other people basically so yeah
1: if somebody bought one of your nfts today what would make them want to hold on to the nft and not resell it
2: um is it bad that I kind of, I don't mind if they resell it like I, I like holders um, if they if they wanted to make a profit off of that, I, I encourage them. But uh, if they want to learn more about the story, I think that's that's where that that really hinges for me on on people that want to be a supporter or followers. Like if you're curious about the characters themselves and like the the world that they live in and you want to kind of, you know. Uh, befriend your robot essentially and learn about them. Then um, why not hold on to them? Uh, it'll just only make you love them more. So.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, have Have you done any giveaways to try to build your uh, your follower count on Discord? Because I, I know your Discord is kind of you don't have a very high follower count on there. But no. That
2: is a an option that I definitely should do. I'm I'm going to use that idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think it could work. I've seen some projects do it in the past and um, Discord is really like one of the, the global tools for NFT, so you can build a Discord, you know mm. kind of track. It. I mean you you do have your Discord set up. The roadmap on there is set up beautifully. So Thank you. I think it's very clear and concise of what you want to do and what your plan is.
2: Tried to give it a step-by-step kind of look.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh.
1: just saying, like, don't don't put don't put something like that to waste. I, I if if I were you personally, I would I would do some sort of giveaway. I mean, you are on Polygon; you have the advantage to do airdrops and stuff to people if if they join Discord.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Something That's pretty awesome.
2: Pretty. Yeah, I think you can do that. And uh, oh, uh, to to go back to also to your other question, holders of multiple robots, like I said, if you interact with the story, um, and I'm like uh, essentially going to make lists of people that have uh, certain quantities of bots. Um, They're going to have a larger influence over (laughs) uh, certain things that happen in the story, and maybe not pivotal huge points, but it it will essentially help you, your squad, achieve better
4: things in in the world. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. I was wondering, uh, I had to dip out for a minute and and speak to another group, but uh, so your backgrounds and stuff like that, these are hand-done or are these generative?
2: They are uh, generative uh, with hand-drawn elements.
4: Okay, and then how many of these are you minting at a time? It sounded like you're you're doing a few at a time, not the whole collection, is Um, that correct?
2: So you can mint them yourself from my web page that allows you to create up to, I believe a dozen of them and you can hold up to 250 in a wallet. Um, And yeah, so you can mint a dozen at a time. And uh, I'll also mint some as well and drop them onto OpenSea uh, for people that aren't able to purchase with Matic or uh, get onto with their MetaMasks.
4: Well, I'm always happy to do giveaway collaborations with other people, uh, especially uh, Polygon projects. So I'd be happy to give a couple of pieces to you to give away to your holders uh, just to kind of help support your community and help you do that community drive. Whether you want to do that as a Discord, a Twitter or a Twitch or however you want to do your giveaway, you're more than welcome to. I, I like to support projects. Amazing. Yeah. Please shoot me a DM. Uh, I've also helped some others with uh, backgrounds. So if you have the ability to use uh, Van Gogh T artwork for backgrounds, I'm happy to supply you with a couple of them with the request cool. that you keep them as one of ones, uh, okay. if you can, uh, for backgrounds to be really unique. But happy to support you in any way you want. Cool. Awesome. Thank you.
1: That's what it's all about. That's why we do this. We to meet up with each other as I don't know if I could do it as good as he, he does it, but I'll try to do my best. Uh, Dave, in first. We're a Polygon community. Make sure you follow everybody in the room. Retweet what's in the room, and uh, I I forget what you say, but I did my best. That was my Dave. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's that's what we're all here for. We're all here to get others back and try to you know help everybody succeed, and that's that's what this is all about. So, it's it's awesome that Polygon gives us the opportunity to do these collaborations as well with the. The lack of gas fees. And, um, so uh, going back, I got I got a couple questions for you. Now, have you considered minting on any other chains like uh, Solana or anything like that, or are are you pretty much gonna stick with Polygon, or you don't know? What <laughs> yeah. Um.
2: I mean, if there was some more incentive for me to expand to different chains, I I think I would, or at least maybe even consider doing like a break up of the collection and and try to see where they go just to to expand uh, expand a lot more and get get more eyes on it I think that would be cool Um, but at the same time with me being one person um, I feel like keeping it a little centralized in that sense is a a little easier for me for now Um, just for my sanity (laughs) Um, but uh, I have actually when I first launched this project I minted one single bot on solana on soul c i think it was for like one soul so that's that is a pretty ridiculous price so it's like the one robot of of cogs that bought does exist on solana um if there's any whales out there that want to be the, the ultra bot holder
1: that's the super fan right there yeah if, if you're the bots of cog super fan go on to soul c and buy that bots of cog <laughs>
0: um
1: the reason I was asking you is, um, do you have any concerns, who, who knows if it's ever even coming out, it's been in the works for fucking 10 years now, six years, um, when ETH 2.0 comes out, do you think it's going to completely decimate other um, other blockchains as far as, um, you know, having virtually no gas fees and stuff like that? Or do you think it's just taking too long and we're going to have established artists on all of the blockchains where we don't really have to worry about it too much?
2: yeah i mean uh it's taken them quite a while even since they've it, been it's like i don't know feels like they're talking about it like it's half like three or something so <laughs> it's like it's eth2 comes out it, it i think polygon's actually going to be in a position that it's still able to further eth2 and support it in a way that they will actually be stronger um there was a couple articles i read um, online that actually kind of explained why they felt that, that was going to happen and, and I had to agree I, I wish I could bring that up and, and tell you who wrote it or where it is but um, it was a very valid point that it convinced me anyways um, that uh, Polygon is, always has thought about their future enough that um, they will be set up in a spot um, I feel like there will be a lot of other layer 2 type of um, things that are actually going to be in trouble though um that don't uh, consider a lot of those options um mm-hmm. and uh i honestly i don't know i i think feel like they're getting taking so long though at this point that like you said <clears throat> things are going to be established <clears throat> by the time that excuse me by the time that they get going like it's i i feel like it's going to be hard for them to uh
4: to get back up and running as as much as they have been yeah did you have another question no i was just going to comment on that i i really think that people that worry about the uh eth 2 layer 2 being a killer for polygon aren't it it's two roads can run side by side it's not going to kill polygon what's going to happen is going to be interchanges where you can ramp stuff from one to the other it, it exchanges basically that you'll be able to Take like an off-ramp and then an on-ramp. Uh, and those will be the piece that keeps all this really solid together. Uh, it is going to be those exchanges. How are those systems built? And Polygon's got that built in to be able to handle that coming.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's really of any concern, to be quite honest. I always like to ask a <laughs> question, though, to see what, what people's thoughts are on it. Um, Polygon offers something right now that ETH doesn't have and I think once people get set in their ways it's really hard to change uh, a lot of people's minds just like people that are um, straight ETH artists I think it would have to be something very dramatic to make them switch to a different blockchain I mean, I, I know people that um, say I'll never switch from ETH I don't care about the gas prices and I just say well you must be rich because <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me what's up blockbox?
3: Yeah, like personally, you know, um, all these people that talk bad about Polygon,
0: right?
3: I'm not siding with Polygon nor E, but people that call Polygon, you know, scammers, like scammer projects are there or whatnot, here's some words that you need to put, you need, you need to let them know, right? If you do have the courage to tell them, they just don't know blockchain at all. They just calling something because, you know, they probably had a bad experience of it. Or they they either heard someone else talking about um, you know, how bad projects are there. No, no, no. The only difference is, you know, there's certain things you can build on on uh sorry, you whatever Ethereum provides, Polygon can provide, right? The only difference is there's not much of a team that focuses on, you know, building Polygon. Yes, it's still being built at a slow process, but when people talk bad about it, those people necessarily just don't nothing about blockchain. That's just my intake on it. So, like Dave said, you could always take the polygon route if you're not sure of stuff. Take that, and then later on when 2.0 comes out, you could just bridge everything. Your holders probably have to pay like a once-off fee of like maybe you know seventy dollars. Okay, probably by the time 2.0 comes out, it's probably gonna be like twenty dollars or something less, right? So yeah, definitely.
2: Well, and and one example for that I'd say too, like uh personally I've experienced, is people are kind of rough and are tough in getting out of the ETH ways because you've made money in it. If you make money in something, why would you abandon something that's making you money? You know, um, a lot of my friends, they're into crypto. They're not too big into NFTs. Um, so they actually do mining and they have, you know, GPUs, systems and setups that they, they GPU mine. Um, so it's like, yeah, if you're sitting there at home and you're making, you know, a couple hundred bucks uh, every month or so on on ETH, just for running your computer, why wouldn't you want to support that chain, you know, that makes sense to me. But in in the reality is once they realized, Oh, what am I going to do with this ether? other than turn it into cash? Um, How can I grow it further? Or how can I invest into other things? Well, mm-hmm. I said, you know, NFTs is a way to do that. And then they were like, Okay, well, how do I do that? And that's where they started to wonder, well, oh, I don't want to pay all these taxes and fees to bridge my money or convert it to other things. Um, so Polygon just kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, and so at that point, they were already convinced in in and they moved over to Polygon, no problem. Um, and they're like, oh, how do I now, you know, help me out, get my ETH sent to Matic or Wrapped ETH so that I can use it for other things. And so it it's it's a matter of their firsthand experience, right, um, in my opinion. Um, and, and yeah, money, money talks, sadly.
1: So we have three Daves up in the box right now, which is, uh, I think, a first. Um, crypto Goons, Dave, you're up.
5: Uh, thank you i, do, I
0: do, i've got some i'd like to ask lots of questions but i'll do it later when when you finish i just want to touch quickly on polygon um i view layer one blockchains like as land and layer two blockchains as kind of like infrastructure on that land
2: like they're both integral to each other and they both need each other to work and run and the the sort of final thing on polygon and any other layer two blockchain on ethereum is that vitar Vitalik Buterin has openly said many times that transactions can't continuously run on Layer 1. It takes up too much energy. That energy needs to be used for other things. If he's pushing transactions away from Layer 1 Ethereum,
4: those transactions have got to go somewhere. Right now, my guess is they go Polygon.
1: I agree, 100%. So, uh, yeah, I I, I like bringing up elephants in the room and uh we'll bring up an elephant that was in the room that's not currently in the room anymore um what do you think about this open sea thing what they did to um all these people with the scare that we had over the weekend
2: oh my god i woke up and my phone was blown up and i freaked out a little bit and then i realized oh god okay i have my own contract so (laughs) i was actually a little a little happy that i didn't get hurt there but i was also very saddened that a lot of other people had their like some people have their livelihoods hooked to that, you know, like some people during COVID aren't able to work. So they started creating artwork and they weren't technologically uh, savvy enough to, to do anything but other than lazy mint. So uh, that's terrible. Um, and I feel yeah. like open doesn't view themselves as large of a company as they are, or as, uh, as big of a, uh, how many eyes they really have on them I I don't really think they see that and so moves like that felt like it was reasonable and it makes sense internally but they have no self-awareness in that sense and and uh when I first launched my project and I was looking at platforms um I was I, I honestly OpenSea was one of the first places I ever found as a as like a, a space that doesn't just sell high-end uh, work or does like, you know, uh, Christie's auctions. Um, and I felt comfortable with, with OpenSea. And so I used them again, even though when I was looking at it in December, they had gone down like every day for like a week or something like that. I don't know. I was like, oh, I'll check out some collections just to get some, you know, uh, perspective on on my own project. And I couldn't get to their website half the time. And it's like, that should be a sign of, of uh a a development team that's struggling um and i feel like they aren't allocating their their resources properly but after this they it's opened their eyes but um the internet doesn't forget and um they're ruthless so um i think they're realizing that quite quickly
4: I'm I'm one of those one of one artists with over 600 pieces in a collection that was really frightened by what they said, you know, because really didn't know was I going to be able to finish the cube collection of people that were collecting the sides of the cubes because there were 100 cubes in that collection. There were 600 sides in that collection, Uh, you know, so and then I had another the originals that was 77. And I wanted to be able to reward all the original holders and give them things, which meant I needed to be able to mint 77 of those at least, just to be able to give one each to the original Van Goethe holders.
1: Yeah, it's pretty scary shit. I mean, and the fact that they could just do it whenever they want, and they feel like they could do it whenever they want, and they did it whenever they wanted. So I'm really
4: interested in that that tool that uh, Bot was talking about earlier, to give you the ability to do your own contracts, uh, I, I plan on doing streams of tools like that that I'm researching over the next two weeks to help with the artists in the polygon space, specifically for Beluga Bay. That uh, a lot of them are third world country artists that are using OpenSea and have no uh, will be completely screwed if if this is a tip of the hand for what OpenSea plans on doing in the future to help control its uh they they say eighty percent of the free minting was either fake or uh copycat collections, and so that was part of their reason for doing the limits that they were doing as well. Uh,
2: but my question is with that, why didn't they implement other things that stopped copycats or why weren't they verifying profiles uh that weren't just you know ten million dollars uh projects like they they had many opportunities, I think, over the last few months to implement uh, at least measures that would slow down. Yeah, copyright. Um, and at least in time for them to come up with a better solution. I feel like this was a knee-jerk response to something that was was neglected for quite a long time.
1: The reason behind it is if you're not making somebody a lot of money, you're just not as important as the guy who is. And it sucks that it's like that, but unfortunately that's how big companies and corporations work. What's up, Comards?
5: So I just wanted to ask that <clears throat> excuse me. So you have your smart contract in place, Box of Cog, and fortunately you you were in a safe zone. But seeing what happened around you to small creators like myself who does lazy men, all one of ones, um, you know, I guess my question for you would be, do you feel like they violated your trust as well as that of anybody that uses them?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, like even like technically my collection would have been impacted as well, right? Like I, I, people would have been able to mint to it, but I don't think that collection would have listed on OpenSea if they were limiting on a 50, uh, you know, per per collection. Like there, there would be some sort of impact on me no matter what, I believe um in technically and technologically in some way just because of how linked it all is um and and would probably force me to end up going to another uh uh, you know service that scrapes contracts um and i have like looked at that before but like i said being a one-man team um it's nice to focus on one space and feel like you can get in the zone and have a home there and yeah they they pretty much kicked your house down and and told you that you can't live there you just get to rent (laughs) like it 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 was very um jarring like um like i said like corporations i do (laughs) i i don't really have much uh respect for in that sense of their mentality and i understand it so i allow to them to do what they need to do but i feel like this this was a little bit past that i don't know like it was like there was no person in their group that stood up and said hey maybe we should reconsider this like <laughs> that's where i was like okay well maybe if they're if they're that's how they're running things like do, do you really want to support that right like like uh, it's with any kind of brand or business out there um, i feel is is very much uh under that kind of responsibility right
0: well
2: the good thing about it
1: is it opened up the eyes of a lot of people, and it's going to open up avenues for other marketplaces. And oh yes,
2: I think it did more good actually than than it did bad. Like it was a scary moment, but like it's, you said, it's it's turned people to realize maybe they do need to learn uh, their own contracts or get people to help them with one um, instead of you know focusing in on somebody else to to host your
0: work. Um, yeah, or, and well,
5: that I mean, gives you more power. Sorry. no, no. I'm wait. just going to say that I learned from that experience last week that I need to cover my own six because nobody else is going to. So I've been working with Dave Swinebeck and Beluga Bay and a few others trying to get a, a smart contract in place for our project. So I mean, it was definitely a good opportunity to learn and, and try to gain a little bit of an understanding on smart contract. But you know, I think that that in that facet, it does, it was somewhat rewarding because at the time I was like a mess when they had first announced it because I'm like, well, I can't add any more collections. My overall collection is based on 52 minor collections or sub collections, whatever you want to call it. Well, that's obviously not a realm of possibility, you know? And um, so, yeah, I, I think it did open our eyes and, and teach us. It was a teachable moment, I would say. All right.
1: Well, um we're getting kind of close to the hour um but I I want to let you guys know um there are options out there for smart contracts. Um uh, little shameless plug Astro Zero will be able to do that for you. Don't really like shilling myself, but we're kind of getting really close to our grand uh our grand opening, I guess you would say, and uh, hopefully you know if you have an issue with smart contracts, we have a remedy for that, and uh, we have a drops feature where you just kind of plug things into uh, into a little interface, and it generates it for you. So hopefully that'll help some people out along the way. Um, so cog, I have a, a one one last question for you before we, we do wrap up. W- where sure. do you where do you see your project um, a year from today, and um, what's been your biggest success story thus
2: far? Oh well. Uh, uh, biggest success story right now i'd say is the launch of this whole project in general like it's only been one month and i think i've hit close to a thousand followers on twitter uh you know 30 40 people in my discord and like the amount of people that have just started to, to show their love for my my concept my project and the story itself and what i'm doing has been insane and like i'm being an artist in in real life too like it's a smaller scope and and when you get on the internet it's you feel like it's so vast but it's also at the same time there is that many more people there that are interested so I'm really thankful for that and that's been my, my biggest achievement I think for this uh, for at least even this year and uh, um, in a year um, I'm hoping that uh, we we've got enough story out there that people You know have have started to uh spread the word out there and tell the stories without me and kind of just like keep keep the uh the interest growing and and have have more people involved in uh, communicating with each other um and just kind of uh, bringing people together essentially i want to become that glue you know um in in part of that in part of that group um and yeah and uh I just, I also wanted to say one other thing was I noticed CryptoMibs was in here too. And uh, I actually have a, with my contract, she's able to uh, create some marbles out of it and make a little game that she does with her business. So it is another plus to have uh, when you have your contract, Uh, you can do cool stuff like that. Uh, Yeah. Back to you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I just want to thank you for taking time out of your day and talking with our community and allowing us to learn a little bit more about your project. Um, Botsakog is a, a really awesome dude and open to collaboration. So if you're an artist in here, feel free to shoot him a DM. Um, he's working with a lot of other artists right now, which is fantastic. That's what it's all about. We're about growing this family and growing our friendships and relationships. That's what Polygon is all about. Um, I want to thank everybody who came out here. Uh, please send Botsakog a follow here on Twitter if you haven't already. Join his Discord channel. Let's get his project growing a little bit. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Um, thanks for thanks for spending a little bit more than an hour with me and just talking up uh, what you have going on. And uh, hopefully you didn't get hit with too bad of a snowstorm. I think you said you're on the West Coast, so I don't think you got smashed like we did here on the East Coast, so that's good, too. But if you do get some, you know, just be safe, drive safe, and take it easy. and uh, Yeah, thanks again. I can't believe I fucking called chopping wall French toast. I, I don't know how I got <laughs>
2: That was funny, but uh, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I Appreciate it, uh, and I look forward to what you guys are doing with your project for Elon One. Um, I think it's the perfect time. So, uh, thank you. Yeah, dropping mall. It's not even close to French toast.
1: No, it's not even like remotely close. Like French toast is some chick flick from France or something I just saw on Netflix. So embarrassed. Anyway, guys, uh, tomorrow we have we have a Spooky Fresh coming in here. Going to talk about uh, their project. Should be a really good time. Um, Another one of our leaders in the community. So really looking forward to that and uh, sharing an hour with Spooky and team. Um, Thank you to everybody for coming out again. I really appreciate it. You know, you guys are the ones that um, keep me doing this. And, uh, you know, every time that I feel like I want to stop doing it, people keep coming back. So um, I guess I'm going to do this until the day I drop dead. So that being said, I wish you all a great night. And I will see you all tomorrow. Thanks a lot, everybody.